Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Is it a problem? Is problem the right word or is it just I believe an evolution? It is. I believe it's a problem. The start of the race last week for the Daytona 500, we're all sitting around there running half throttle, not passing, just riding in a line. And I felt disgraceful myself being a race car driver, wanting to go fast and lead laps and and win the Daytona 500. And that was our strategy that we had to employ at the start of the race because everybody was doing it. I mean, the pace, when you're running wide open and you're in a draft, your pace is probably a 46.30. We were running 49.80s almost 50 second lap times. I w- it was pathetic. I was like, how slow are we going to go? You know? And so I felt bad for the fans. I was like, this is, this is not good for them. Uh, it's not what I wanted to be doing. Um, but when you kind of get in that situation, you can't, I don't know what you do. I, the third lane could have developed. It was so early in the race. Nobody wants to develop a third lane. Like we're riding. It's a 500 mile race. Don't don't blow everything up in the first stage, right? So, but somebody could have just pulled out into the outside lane and literally just ran to the front and done whatever the hell, heck they wanted to do. So uh, I was surprised nobody did that. And one of the last thing, and thank you, is when you say disgraceful, um, I mean, it's, there were a lot of races where it's a 500-mile race. You've got to, you know, like you say, you can't lose it immediately. You've got to take your time to kind of build up. Um, it's still, cars are too wide. It's still... I guess kind of looks good visually in a sense, maybe for a fan perspective. If you don't have a stopwatch, can you really tell? So, I, yeah, but there's it, no passing. Like okay. people want to see passing. The fans are all about, hey, we want to see racing. We want to see pa-. that's not racing, you know. It's riding. And yeah, back in the days, sure, you had 500, 600 mile races where you needed to ride for a while. But at least you're still trying to Coke 600, for instance, right? It's a long damn race. But you're at least still trying to pass the guy in front of you and get position as the day goes on. You're not just going to ride in 15th for the first 100 laps and be like, yeah, cool, I'm, I'm good with riding 15th right now. No, you want to get further up the ladder and, and, and run with speed and, and your talent and your car's ability and everything else. And doing what we did last week, you might as well pull the cars out of the parking lot and run rental cars around. Go ahead. Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic. Um, has there been any conversations within your team of how you approach these first two races in terms of car managing the cars and equipment and everything? Of, you, know, you leave Daytona, you're down a car now. You come to Atlanta, you, you could very easily be down a car, and how that you guys approach that, especially with the West Coast swing coming up? Yeah. <clears throat> um, our Atlanta car was a car that we raced in the 500. So, um, you know, everything kind of got pushed up a week. So the the 500 car that we crashed it went back to the shop and it'll be probably the five i think we're on a five week cycle so whatever the hell the fifth race is will probably be where that one goes um but uh yeah i mean so this week's car is was our slated to be our vegas car um and so it just kind of moves everything up the cars are all the same so there's really not much differences that you have i mean you're talking maybe a hundred thou on a body part that you can push or pull or whatever that you can get um, through the Hawkeye, but it's not a lot. And going back to last week, when you had the, the slow pits or the 
the issue with the tire on the, mm -hmm. on the pit stop. Um, Richard comes on the radio and kind of tells everybody to get their head out of their butt, right? Um, you, I don't know if you've had a car owner say that before over the radio, like, you know, going back. Well, that wasn't on my channel, so no, I didn't hear it. Oh, but. he did. Oh, he, he, okay. Well, he told the team to, in not so direct words, to get their heads out of their butt. Uh, sometimes he needs to tell me that. <laughs> but when you have a car owner like that, and this is not slamming Joe or anything, but, like, when you have a car owner like that who's really involved, what's that like, like, who's fiery and passionate, maybe kind of takes it off of your shoulders so you don't have to say that stuff? Well, I mean, that's kind of what I answered earlier to Bob's question was Richard is, is very involved and, and wants, you know, um, any situation to get better. Uh, if we're not winning every single race out of the year, then how did we lose that one race? You know what I mean? What can we do to make it better? And that's that's a racer's mentality. That's what we all try to strive for and try to be better at. So, um, you know, it's tough sometimes when you've got the human element. I mean, we all make mistakes. I made tons of them last year, and, and you know, my crew stuck behind me and, and you know, was, was passionate that I was their driver and, and wanted to go to the next week and figure out how to win the next one, you know. So um, I know where Richard's coming from, and I appreciate that, and the emphasis that he puts on uh, greatness and wanting to be better is, uh, is what we all strive for. Let's go to Charles. Charles Odom with the Associated Press. Um, it once was an annual tradition to, to hear drivers come in here and lobby for one more year with the old battered tr track surface. And, and uh, mm -hmm. now that the uh, resurfacing came with a reconfiguration, um, I'm wondering if the um, warm and fuzzies have all gone. Uh, even William Byron with two wins and the reconfiguration just said, I don't know if I'd want to come here every week. But um, where does, what, have, what has been gained? What has been lost? Where does this new... Um, new track uh, configuration rank with you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> any form of restrictor plate pack style racing is, is not high on my list, you know. So um, <clears throat> I would say, obviously, as, as much as the surface deteriorated, there's, there comes a point where something has to be done, and, uh, and they went through it. I just don't understand or appreciate why we we added the banking and the stuff that they did here in the, the reconfiguration, although it's the same wall outside wall space. Um, you know, would, <clears throat> would I have much rather seen them just repave what we had? Probably, because you would know then that at least when it deteriorates some and, and gets, it can get back to the old Atlanta ways. If this deteriorates here, I mean, it's, it's going to be fast. It's going to be damn fast sliding around, you know, like, 10 miles an hour faster through the corner sliding around than what the old track uh, would have been comparatively equal time frame on asphalt. So, um, I mean, we're racers, though, as I said before, right? We all want to go fast and do what we can to be the fastest ones out there. So it's not that you're scared of that. It's just the hits are harder. Let's go to Jonathan. Jonathan Vial, the racing expert. Uh, later today, you're going to make your first uh, drafting track star in the lower series since 2015. What was behind the decision to run the truck race here? Well, uh, watching the truck races here last year, um, well, truck race here last year, the, it doesn't necessarily fall in line or orchestrate itself as a Daytona or Talladega style race. It is different. Um, so I kind of took that uh, into consideration that you can make some moves by yourself. Yes, you're in a line, you're drafting, you're trying to hold on to the draft and all that sort of stuff. But it did seem like there was some times in which, you know, handling kind of came into play and making some moves kind of come into play and, and whatnot. But it's definitely 
not like a Kansas where you can be the leader and run away and, and go hide, you know. So um, wasn't my first choice. Definitely wouldn't have been at all my choice. Um, but thankful for the opportunity that Spire and uh, Group 1001 gave to me to be able to come out here and run the five truck races that I'm allowed to do. And this was the fifth one that was available on the list um, that I could do. So. I didn't have much pick. It's tough with the pick with all the regulations and things that I have with <clears throat> NASCAR and all that sort of stuff with the triple truck challenge races, the playoff races. I don't do speedway. I don't do speedway races. So um, my pick of the litter was, I think, literally eight or nine races that I could do. So it gets small. And there's been a lot of discussion about recently, uh, you know, the truck series, the current state of it. What are your thoughts on just the current state of the truck series? Um, you know, it, you could talk about the current state of NASCAR. I, I feel like the current state of NASCAR is healthy, is strong. You look at the Cup Series and the top and um, having all the things that are kind of happening behind the scenes with big team owners kind of coming in and being a part of all of that. And it just trickles down, you know. So being able to get a new TV deal and all that sort of stuff with NASCAR and, and the TV networks, you know, we're all grateful and, and thankful for that and the hard work that was put in behind the scenes for that. But, um, you know, it, it, it trickles down to the Xfinity Series. It trickles down to the Truck Series. So um, would I say that there are... 500 fortune 500 companies that are all out here participating in our sport no there, there's not you know um so the sponsorship landscape is absolutely the toughest landscape in our sport but i don't know that that's any different than what it was in the high time in the mid 90s to the mid 2000s i mean i i think you still saw cars that were in the back of the field that were underfunded or had uh, a struggle sometime being able to find big name sponsors to be able to get them to the track or to get them uh, a better footing within the the series to withstand and and have some uh, some strength to their their company. Go ahead, Jacob. Jacob's going race face digital. Kind of uh, just expanding on the truck series theme just a bit. Uh, in racing with Spire this weekend, obviously a lot, you know, it's assets that you were familiar with when it was KBM. You'll be the first to say, I know, that Jeff and TJ aren't newbies at this. So what kinds of things are you in your consultant and driving role looking for to help them improve on? Well, I mean, just yesterday, you know, uh, whatever the heck was going on, we unloaded and the truck was wandering super, super bad. It was really darty and all that stuff. So I do wish we had a you know 20 minute practice just to be able to get out there and, and roll around. And you can feel that stuff. Like we could have fixed a lot of things in my truck just based off of me going out and making some single lap runs uh, in practice, not even drafting. I didn't even need to get in the draft to feel that. So, um, but we, we kind of just worked on some air pressure stuff to try to help that. It helped a little bit, um, but there's definitely still some things um, that I'd like to make adjustments on, but you can't. You're locked in. So uh, I don't like that fact of not being able to, to better your stuff. You, you won't see the changes that I feel like you need to make until they come back here the next time, you know? So, um, but is what it is. Yeah, no, I, the business side, no. I, I, I don't necessarily feel like I need to tell them how to run their business. I can tell them all the things that we did that made us what we were. Um, you know, but there's a lot of different people there as well, too, now. So, um, you know, although it is KBM assets and everything else, it's now Spire. And, um, you know, Brian Patty's the, the only crew chief that's there. Uh, I had Bono for a little while. Bono and I worked together. We won some races together. So he's there. Congrats to those guys. They won last week, which is cool. 
uh, in our stuff. That's the first Daytona win for KBM equipment since I think I won there um, back in 13 something. I don't even know when it was. Had to be before 15. My legs are telling me that. Um, but yeah. Reed Spencer with the NASCAR Wire Service. Um, in terms of the pit road, different speeds getting onto pit road, how do you manage to manage all of that at the same time with the two different speeds you use, two different sets of, of lights, different gearing? Um, you know, from the time that you come off at of turn two, could you go through the process of how that all works? Uh, yeah, so we'll most likely have uh, two pages one for under green and then one for under yellow that we'll use for the different lights of what we'll look for with the gearing and the RPM ranges and whatnot. So, um, you know, if you're under green and you come off a of turn two, you got to make sure you're on page two, whatever page it is. And then, um, you know, you'll slow down as quickly as you can, as late as you can in order to make it to the 90 mile an hour um, speed zone by the first line, carry that around the corner and then you'll, um, slow down through your lights and then uh, run your pit road lights. There's different colors. You've got three different sets of colors that you can go through. So there's a pretty wide range of band. Um, and you know, you'll run probably all reds. Uh, actually, you'll run probably four blues uh, through the corner and then you'll run all reds on pit road. That's typically what we do. John Newby. John Newby, NBC Sports. Obviously, this isn't as much of a concern since the sale of KBM, but when you were scouting talent for up-and-coming drivers, I was curious, what were the factors you were looking for besides just wins? Um, I mean, for us, it was, you know, the the skill level and, and their, their background of where they come from. You know, um, racing in the super late model ranks was kind of where I got my best sense of racing against some of those younger guys. And and got to pick up on some of those guys. Uh, Brian Eichler was one of our early guys at KBM. And then, um, you know, we obviously got uh, Eric Jones from when a, he beat me in a race, in a super late model race down in Pensacola. So, um, you know, you look at those characteristics. I don't know that we ever necessarily looked at their uh, persona or relied on that a whole lot or their media training or anything like that. We'd, we'd always just kind of help them through some of that stuff once they got to us. and. Uh, Toyota and, and TRD and, and their workforce of what they all did was a huge part of all of that as well too because I had a couple guys <clears throat> that I really liked that I picked that I sold them on and we were able to, to bring in and then uh, they had a bunch of guys that, that they wanted and basically said hey we're going to run these guys and you know we're, we all kind of agreed and worked together on it. Let's go to Bob Pockers and then Dustin Lung. Uh, Bob Pockers, Fox Sports. You have a new Jackman this week on your car i'm curious i don't know how involved you get in those decisions at all but is, do you like the fact that hey let's try something different after a struggle in the first week or did you and did it surprise you at all because teams tend to kind of work with the same people at least for a little bit before trying something different well I, the jackman we had was the the same jackman that we had all of last year so um you know we were trying to redo uh, a few different positions over the off season and you know some of the talent that we were scouting and talking to and, and giving offers to they declined them and, and went somewhere else so um, we kind of were just had what we had and, and we've been working through that so it's tough out there you know it's it's really hard to uh, to recruit and and get guys especially where RCR is based and where they're at it's a long 
road to hoe to, to get up to welcome uh, to do pit stop practice, sometimes three, four times a week, whatever it might be. But, um, you know, I know that Ray and all the guys there in the pits in the pit crew department are, are working super hard. I mean, we've trust me, they've <laughs> they've heard it not from me, but from Richard uh, week in, week out. So um, their ears are bleeding. But, you know, I, I know they're trying and I know we're working hard. And trust me, there were plenty of offers over the offseason to try to get different talent up there. And we just weren't able to secure it. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. There's a lot of talk since last week's race about the fuel saving and how obviously that's always been an important part, but how much it's grown even more so, particularly at that race the last couple of years. Um, what can be done, if anything, in terms of taking emphasis off of that and allowing you guys to do a little bit more or race a little bit more as opposed to riding around? Or is this what you've got? And is, could anything change for this weekend? Yeah. Um Good question. Uh, I, we kind of talked about it in our Chevy meeting last week amongst the other drivers, and there was really no no solution that came to the forefront. The only one that that I really had was to reduce the fuel cell size to in half to just create more opportunities of coming to pit road to just break it up more. Um, but then you put your your pit crew and the guys on pit road in more danger. You know, you put twice as much emphasis on on doing all of that. But um, you know that that. When you come to pit road, it kind of breaks up the field for a little while, right? Like you take about 10 laps to kind of get it all sorted back in and get going again. Well, we go, what, 30, 33 laps on fuel? If you go 15 or 16 and it takes 10 to bunch everybody back up, well, now you're getting ready to pit again. So you're not going to sit there and save. You're going to be going all out as much as you can and making sure that you're not breaking um, – um, that you're not fuel saving in order to do the leapfrog strategy. I mean – couple guys said no you'd still do the same thing i i don't know that you would 